this may not be what the creators intended, but like it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no. Never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I exist only within the limitations imposed by linear time, and I'm Evan. I'm a Jane Cow apologist sucking from the sweet teat of mother's milk, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a Firefly where we discuss Firefly, Firefly, Firefly. We are currently covering uh, episodes 7 and 8, Janestown and Out of Gas. But before we get into that, we have some gassy guests. We're joined by the one and only Jerry the Cannon Junkie and Scotty, a god amongst mere mortals from the Bombad cast. Say hello, guys. Hey. It is our honor. Honor to be here. You know, it's funny. Yes, absolutely. Jerry and I have a... Jerry and I haven't done a sole audio podcast, I could probably say, in three years. <laughs> Jerry, like, for real. It's been a, well, it's listen, been a minute. Listen, listen. Together. Scotty, speak for yourself, okay? Like, I, I get around, okay? I'm, so, just say it. Just say it. <laughs> but, yeah. It, yeah. It's Where They May May. So, we're that's our that's our podcast network. So, we bust out all the stops for Where They May May. We're also coming up on episode 200. So, we're, we're here to party with the boys. We're here to have a good yes. time. We're here to get wet and wild. That is right. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. You guys I'm, I'm so ready. Wild? I'm Brett and Wild. Well, listen, I mean, if you, if those of you who are, if you're new to our show, go watch our show, uh, the Bombad cast uh, someday. We could plug later, but uh, we, we also like to get a little wet and wild on that. And so uh, I think we're going to, we're going to fit right in here. We're going to slide right in because we're so, Damn we're so please. wet and wild. Uh, moistly, right? Yeah. Yes. I, we're going to just, I am very. I'm very, uh, I'll say this, I'm very frugal with my Patreon bucks because it, it'd be so easy to get carried away and back too many mm-hmm. of my friends' patrons. Everyone, all of my friends have a Patreon. I can't possibly back all of them, even though I love all of my friends. Um, I back y'all. I, I'm a patron. I know. And that's I love, I love so Bombad Cast. We're so it's, honored. It's a, damn, it's a damn fine show for classy people. <laughs> that's, Evan, listen, that's, that's, I think us. that the, the I, um, I think the world has a different definition of classy people, but you know what? Fuck them, <laughs> fuck them, because that's true. Bombad is class, so thank you. We're we're, we're honored is, to be is. here. Honestly, uh, we're we're I, so honored. I, I, I saw I saw Scotty win against Jared the Dark Jedi with grace and class, and uh, uh, I, and, and, and smashed and the cookie jar with a hammer. So. Yeah. <laughs> It did get weird. It did get weird at the end. But before that, it, class and grace. Beautiful. Uh, I, I do have a bit, though. What's the I bit? I got one. What's okay. the bit? Go. What? Uh, so if you had to, in a narrative fashion, flash back to something in your past that sort of explains your whole deal now oh, in, a, in a narratively efficient way. What would you flash back to that explains everything about who you are as a person, everything that the audience needs to know, what moment defined you? 
Evan, this is what I go to therapy for. I don't. I don't yeah. Oh, God damn, babe. Okay, but fucking keep it light. This is a comedy <laughs> show. I was, I was, I was not prepared. Oh, okay. <laughs> for this. okay. Yeah. I've been really trying hard to keep mine on theme. Yeah, uh, I like it. I like it. This is my this is my one opportunity to do the bits. Is this show normally Andy does the bits? So I've been like, oh, how, I gotta tie them in. I gotta tie them all into the episodes. I gotta I gotta link them back. All right. I was Horton in Susical. Sorry. That's a great role. That's a good one. That's I am not laughing because you're in a musical because I was a musical guy. That is good. I just didn't expect to hear that. Like just like that's like out of left field. Like I was Horton. Okay. That 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 actually triggered something for me. Visualize that as a flashback though. Like the we're I can. Emperor's New Groove like, though, Emperor's New Groove style. Did, we're telling the story of your life, and you flash back okay. to you was, as Horton in Susical. Did you that's have like, like the big wow. mustache and like you, you saved all oh, the trees and shit? I that, I had oh, to have Lorax. The, I had to have oh, that's Lorax. <laughs> oh, that is Lorax. Horton's yeah, the one. Actually. Horton's the one that says a person. That's a, not just. Excuse me. I don't mean to susplain. Right. I don't mean to susplain. Scotty still remembers the fucking dialogue. All these dude. I I can do the. I can do the. The main song is I have wings. Yes, I can fly (laughs) around the moon and far beyond the sky. This is what I've been waiting for. No more fireflies. It's it's very. (laughs) It's it's weird. Susical from here on out. Yes, that's it. Okay. But uh, you know, I would flash back to that. Holding um, a fake flower and singing to it, because that's just how—that's just my vibe now. I don't know. That's that's just everything it. I've ever embodied in my life into one very special moment. So that—that that is my brain goes back to that stage in my middle school gym. So here we are. Excellent. Good so answer. I might have told this story before on air. It's—it's it's kind of like it was Andy's most embarrassing moment in high school, Ooh. and I do not get embarrassed like very frequently uh because i feel no shame but uh as a freshman i got two leading roles in the fall drama club production which was like a big deal uh people were pissed at me seniors were pissed and um no one told me that boys wore makeup for theater uh and whenever they talked about like getting there early to like get your makeup done I just thought they were talking about, like, the girls. So I showed up, like, I don't know, like, ten minutes before curtain call, opening night. And the director was like, where the fuck have you been? Like, you need to get your makeup on. And I was just like, ha, 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 like, very funny. You didn't do that in rehearsal? You didn't, didn't, like, practice? We never wore makeup in dress rehearsal. We just wore our costumes. Wow. That's weird. Uh, So, like... Uh, one, I like it shuffled. Uh, I didn't know we also had like co-ed changing rooms. Uh, so I get like shuffled into the co-ed changing room and like Andy, who has never, uh, like changed in front of like people before is like, what the fuck is this? Uh, and then, uh, I get sat down in a makeup chair and the main makeup person was like busy finishing someone else. So I had to sit with the person who it was her first time doing stage makeup. She was like a previous student who had graduated and went to cosmetology school and she only knew how to do like glamour makeup. She didn't know how to do stage (laughs) makeup. Okay. So, um, 
I look like uh, like 1980s transvestite now uh, in my like silly costume and like this garish like prom makeup and like my hair is all slicked back and I was wearing like this really fruity costume with like this like bright pink tie uh, for like this play. It's just like and, fucking David Bowie. Uh, That's awesome. And I walk, I walk backstage and I'm about to go on and there was this like super cool goth bitch who was a stagehand. <laughs> And she looks at me, gives an up down, like literally like like whole head, like taking me in. And uh, this is steered into my memory. She said, wow, you look like a prissy bitch. And then like it was time to go on. Like like that was the last thing I heard before my first leading role, like going out on stage. Uh, and like that kind of defined me. Because uh, like as much as I was embarrassed about looking like a prissy bitch. I kind of like that this tough goth girl in her combat boots uh, said that. Fuck oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the goth girls in combat boots who are the backbone of uh, <laughs> backstage theater all across yeah. America. This, all across America. Oh, I'm, I'm, as, I'm astounded that you didn't like change in the changing rooms at like your your uh, dress rehearsals. And I'm astounded that you guys didn't do makeup because like at my school, I mean, like my school was very small and we didn't have any money. So we were all doing makeup on each other and we needed the dress rehearsal yeah. time to practice on each other to like make sure it looked okay. No, yeah. we had uh, we had volunteers who came and did the stage makeup for every show. Um, Jesus. But uh, yeah, like, so typically there was like uh, a, a changing, like there were changing rooms back backstage that we used for dress rehearsal and those were separated but for whatever reason, and I don't know why, when it was actual like playtime, we playtime. When it was actual like theater time, <laughs> time for the, to doing playtime. the theater for the play to go on, we went across the hallway to where the music classrooms were held, and we just all changed in the music classroom together in front of each other. Oh, but um, nice, kind of a yeah. Shout, shout out to. Um, uh, Sarah F, I still remember uh, you calling me a prissy bitch. Thank you. You uh, you were the first crack in my egg. Hey, listen mm. I, again. Cheers to the, to the goth to the, the the goth bitches out there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's I I I guess I'll go. I get. I don't. I'm, I've been. Tr- I, listen, I'm thinking. Here I am laying face down on the uh, uh, on on the great uh, the the great you know, of the ship. And I look back on my life and I'm wondering why I am where I am. And apparently all of us, all of our backstories have to do with theater. Right. Because, (laughs) because I, and like, so I've, I've done like, I did the high school plays. I did the, like the fine arts council, like, you know, plays for the city and stuff too. But in college, and Andy, I know you and I both, we we come from a religious background, and I went to, a, we both went to religious colleges, I believe, and um, I was a part of, uh, uh, boy, it pains me to say this, a Christian drama group, um, yes. right, who went to and performed in front of, now I will say, we were pretty fucking funny for a Christian drama. We didn't we didn't get super serious and like we were like we we got like 
We we were the ones that people were I'm clamoring not, I for. I wasn't like the other Christian drama groups. You the were other Christian, the good Christian. You were the extreme days of Christian directed DVD movies. Pretty much the only good one. We were the listen. Yeah. We were the SNL right of Christian drama groups, right? <laughs> but so there was this. So my the school that we worked for, that uh, the group was uh, uh, through um, the college that I went to. They would have like a night for people who are going to be freshmen, like, you know, juniors and seniors to come and kind of check out the school. And they'd have their groups perform, right? To kind of like show like here's a sampling of some stuff you could be a part of. Um, and they said, they said, okay, so we want, <laughs> get ready for the name, buckle in. All right. Here's the name of my Christian drama go. group, everybody. Justified. <laughs> Which is oh, not wow. not a show on uh, uh, FX, unfortunately. Um, that does sound like an all girl like Christian pop group. To be honest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're not far up. Like I mean, so we did this. We came up with this, and I was always the the one who got to do the weird shit, right? Clearly, sure. Clearly, I'm the one who was like. They're like, oh, what if we, and I'd be like, what if we did this? And they, they're like, oh, who would do that? And I'm like, I'll do it. So we. I'll dress in drag. I'll break a <laughs> bottle on my head. Yeah. I was going to say, we, they weren't quite there with that, unfortunately. Mm. I, no, that's too bad. Uh, but yeah, no, like they, but we had, okay. Well, they wouldn't have called it drag, but like, I also, I went, like, I went to Catholic school and yeah. I, uh, mm -hmm. They had dudes. They had dudes dressed in drag. They just did it for comedy reasons, and they didn't call it drag. You right. Know? Anyway, it was misdoubt firing yeah. or something. You know, yeah. something like that. But uh, they no. So so it opens up. There's a tarp. Right. Um, I come out wearing a. Uh, I think Scotty's seen a picture of this. Um, wearing like a robe, like a rainbow robe as well. By the way, a girl gave me her robe to wear. Um, out there and I'm coming out and I'm going to do the gallon challenge. Me and another guy are going to do the gallon challenge, which was the thing. And here's the thing. One of the guys was going to try to drink the milk. And the bit was that I was going to just straight up pour the milk all over myself and be the winner. You oh. know what I mean? And I've got like these, like they've got like the girls in the group were around, like, you know, like rubbing my shoulders and shit and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it goes and I dumped an entire gallon of milk, and I don't think I was prepared. We did no dress rehearsals. This is not, honestly, this is barely even theater. This is this is performance <laughs> art. Yeah, I'm trying anything. to like visualize like okay, so the the joke is you pour milk on yourself. It was like okay. a thing. We were like, <laughs> all right, guys, we're gonna do a gallon <laughs> challenge. We're gonna do a gallon challenge, right? And it, it it was really like yeah, it it was the joke was just that it was just I'm going to be covered in milk by the end of this, and uh, I was Topical. not prepared. I was not prepared. For how cold and how uh, that I dumped it just square on my face. And that was a bad. I should have went more down here because I got milk in my nose. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this. It takes a long time for the milk smell to leave your nose. Uh, if you get it, oh. in the, like, if, like no matter how much I cleaned and uh, it, it was it was not fun. And so I think that that thoroughly explains how I am today. <laughs> Did your youth you group make kids do the thing where you have to drink soda through a sock? Oh, or the thing. Have you ever had to like what? do like the toothpicks Classic in the mouth where you shit. pass the, the, the fruit, the, the, not the fruit loop, but like the, uh, the lifesaver. Oh, yeah. the, 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 
Yeah. Oh, they yeah. always made oh, you yeah. do vaguely sexual things, and it was like, but then yeah. they're like, but don't do it. Don't don't have sex. The, don't get some get horny. Was definitely some youth pastors like thinly disguised, uh, like foot fetish. Oh, absolutely. And it just spread like crazy. Yeah, I, I feel know, like what, what? Just wait. No, explain what you mean by like, Ev- everyone who it's too much is to hearing this, <laughs> who understands it, like fully catches it, and everyone who hears it and doesn't get it, like they don't have ears to hear, they don't have eyes to see. Like the message will never make sense to them. You just have to dust the 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 dust, the sand from your sandals, and just move on to a new town. I. We, I didn't go to youth group church. I went to Gold yeah. Leaf. You're never going to get Gold it. Leaf Church. So like we like I, I, I want to hear it. I came into to youth group as like an older teen, so I was not yet indoctrinated into all this. So I was able to look around and be like, "The fuck are any of you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is nonsense." Yeah. It produces right, some real weirdos. Let me just say. I mean, case I'm, in point, Exhibit A right here. I'm still you know? back on the gallon challenge. Like, was the person who actually drank the milk was that like? The good son, uh, and you, you were the you prodigal know what the son? gallon challenge? No, 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 there was the no, listen. Oh, right, right. Like, what's, right. what's the metaphor challenge. here? <laughs> I don't think there was a metaphor. At this point, it was just supposed to be, like, good cleave. We had done the message skits. We're like, let's do something just oh, off okay. the wall for the end. This is, sure. you do stunts. You do stunts to entertain mm-hmm. these teenagers. Yeah. Because... Yep. You know, you can't you, you, you can't g- give them alcohol or anything. Is- you can't do anything. Fu- yeah. You can't you can't do anything illicit with these kids. I mean, not that you well, you shouldn't. They're kids, but you know what I mean. Like you like it's all you've got is sure. being weird. Do you like to memes? make them laugh, children? Do you like me? No PG thirteen movies. No fun video games. You know, no. there's only so yeah. much you can do with these. Kids. So you yeah. dump milk yeah. all over yourself. I'm aware of the power yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um... <laughs> My, I, I'm having trouble like keying in on a particular. It's got to be theater related, whatever it is. But yeah, like, I have to. like a slew of memories that like I had like uh, uh, irrational theater success way too young that like made me just an insufferable person. Um, sure. to the point where like in middle school, like right before the the cast list was going to get posted for Bye Bye Birdie, um. We were we were leaving the the auditions and I was like the last one behind and a people a group of people were were talk walking through the halls in front of me and like oh I wonder who's gonna be who's gonna get the lead I wonder who's gonna get Albert J Peterson and at that moment my theater director walked around the corner and just mouthed <clears throat> you and pointed at me this, oh. the day before and it's just like. M- I didn't even get to have like the castless moment. I had the whole night of like, no. I have information that no one has that Drunk I'm better power. than everybody else. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yes. rad. Nobody knows it yet, but I am the greatest. I am the, you I'm had, the best. You had one night of feeling like Scotty. Yeah. 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 Every yeah. Night. yeah. I am the I, God I of Twitter. Life. Yes, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then I got in and I was like, <laughs> Pretty big deal, huh? And everyone's oh, like, damn. "Yeah, I mean, it's you're in seventh grade. It's like, <laughs> this, yeah. is, <laughs> this is nothing. This is nothing. Way up there. I'm gonna be so Go back popular to math class. Yeah, um, That's yeah. And then I, over the years, I, I came down to earth a bit. But uh, but early on, I had several of those moments where I got to like just get the biggest head I possibly could, and then spend years after that 
deflating it and then learning that like I shouldn't have deflated it and like I overcorrected that therapy like I said therapy Evan like therapy. this is where this I is yeah. therapy. Into therapy yeah uh, yeah your flashback <laughs> involves that and then uh, a couple of rapid sequences of you in therapy talking about that moment yeah I mean that's what most of my memories are <laughs> like here's here's a very formative thing about me and here's how I had to unlearn that thing uh how that thing was not actually bad and then you cry. And then, and, you, you know, what are we talking? Well, uh, the great bit. No, I haven't done one. Mine's yeah, the only get, one that doesn't involve theater, apparently. Mine or probably. It. I didn't have that many formative moments. In, I was in theater. Look, uh, like, I'm, I'm a homosexual. So, like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I didn't have any like meaningful uh life changing moments in theater. Uh, I the thing that came to me when I thought of this prompt though was uh I grew up with three male cousins and a brother and also important context I don't think uh the guests know I'm transgender. I'm a transgender. So uh like a couple of times a year my cousins and my brother and I uh would get together at my grandparents' house. We'd have a grandparents' house weekend. And every time we got together, we would play guns, which, you know, that's that's what you call it when you right. roll around in the yard and you make shooting noises with your mouth and you wrestle each other and shit like that. I shot you. No, I shot but, you. Yeah. 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 But uh, every time the cousins and the brother would be like, no, you have to be the nurse because you're a girl. Uh, every time, mm. multiple times, multiple times a year. Like, no, you have to be the nurse because you're a girl. And this, like, my eyes turned uh, red and this activated something in me. And that's what transed my that's... gender. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. it. That was the moment. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, let's, and again, I have a little girl and stuff. So I'm like, just, I'm always, I don't want her. I like, I don't want her to like have anyone put her in a box like that or anything like that for sure. But like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, fuck them. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No. Yeah, no, it didn't, like, actually, like, do deep psychological damage to me. It right. just made me child indignant, you know? It just made me <laughs> child mad for right. years and years. Right. I was just bitter about it right. in the way that a child is, not, like, Absolutely. in the way that it was traumatic. Right. <laughs> All right, we're 23 minutes deep, and we haven't talked about Firefly yet, so uh, I'm going to speed run these fucking recaps. Uh, Jamestown, the crew is doing a job on a shithole planet where they're obsessed with mud. They they bake mud and stuff. Uh, the populace they're is obsessed with enslaved. <laughs> they just fucking love mud. Pittsburgh just loves mm. steel. They can't get enough of this steel. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> they're, just, they're just into steel. Like their yeah. economy is based around it or anything. Detroit, they're just obsessed with cars. They just roll around in cars. Uh, so they, they, they show up there, uh, Mal, Simon, Kaylee, uh, and, uh, Jane are going into town, uh, the rest of the crew stand on the ship, and Nara is off to go have sexy times, and, um, Jane's been acting all weird, he doesn't want to be in this town, he wants to leave as soon as possible, and he's being real sketchy about it. And they get to the center of town, and there is this, like, lovingly made statue of him. And the more they walk around the town, they more the more they, like, realize that everyone here is a, is a Cobb head. Everyone here just loves Jane Cobb. They're just obsessed with him. And it turns out he did a crime there years ago, 
And as he was escaping, he had to uh, kick out his partner from the ship because it got uh, damaged. And then he had to dump the money. And when he dumped the money, it happened to coincidentally rain down on all of the civilians uh, mm-hmm. who are slaves. I guess they're more enslaved workers. It's like... I think if, it said specifically that most indentured. of them were indentured. Yeah, indentured. it's fucking Amazon, but mud. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> so, like, the the Mal, the Mal of it all, he, he's like, what if we used your local folk hero-ness to finish the job? Like, we'll, we'll create a Jane parade, and while the Jane parade is happening, we'll go get the goods and get them back to the ship. And then... Uh, the the head capitalist, the the Jeff Bezos of mud, is like, oh, hey, Jane, that guy who you betrayed, like, he's out of prison now, and he wants to kill you, and he kills uh, a young boy who Jane loves, and then Jane knocks over the statue. The end. The, the, everyone leaves with the money. Um, it's complicated morals. Second episode <coughs> is told out of sequence. It's called Out of Gas. Mal, like, it... it the episode opens on all these still so- still shots of Serenity, and its light bulb butt is out, and, like, all the lights are down, and as we go from, like, room to room, it's really eerie, because, like, we're used to seeing these rooms with the lights on, and the crew laughing or bickering, and it's just empty, and then it pans down, and Mal is lying on the grate, and he's fucking bleeding. And it's like, oh no, what happened? And then the episode is like, we'll tell you. And as Mal is is stumbling around the ship, bleeding and like trying to fix shit and stumbling and like going to inject himself with needles, he's like flashing back to either when he met each of the crew or the shenanigans that happened to get him in this predicament. So we're either flashing back to like, this is how Mal met uh jane or this is how mal met kaylee or we're flashing back to and then pirates showed up you know and like that's the episode (laughs) and like mal they they fixed the ship and everyone loves mal and and they came back to save him and the end that's out of gas let's talk about these fucking episodes let's do it they were so good they were so good as someone who's never watched firefly um andy suggested that Jerry and I should both watch uh, the train heist one, um, which really good, complicated morals. And then, of course, we watched the two previous, the two ones that, you know, and just recapped that we're currently reviewing now. And I will say, I mean, I had no idea what to expect going into it. I know Alan Tudyk was in it, and that's about it. And I left becoming a big fan, enough of a fan to where I bought the whole first season on Amazon Prime. So I was you mean like, the this only is, season? <laughs> the only season. So, yeah. so I didn't realize that when I bought it, and I was happily buying it. Now I can go back and watch the full thing. Mm. And I'm gonna be real with y'all. Like that shit. I mean, that was some storytelling I didn't expect. Number one, but number two, I enjoyed every aspect of it. It was. It really was just very well done. Uh, and I was shocked to see the name Josh Whedon come across it because of his. You know, troubled past and, you know, things he may have done on or not done on set, whatever. I was like, I was expecting, you know, some more, you know, kind of buffy tropes. But watching this, I was blown away. It really is a spectacular show. And I, I really enjoyed every. Don't worry, you'll get some buffy enough. tropes in there. But I have like, OK, so OK, so that you, you. Yeah, you guys were my guinea pigs because yeah. oh. uh, as as previously discussed on Ending Pending, 
the actual intended pilot for Firefly was aired halfway through the season. So they okay. started with episode two, wow. did like episodes three and four, then they did the actual pilot, and then they did like the rest of the show. So mm-hmm. like, I was like, I wonder if, because when you guys said we hadn't seen it, I was like, okay, I'm going to make you guys watch Train Job first. Yeah. And then the other thing that Fox kept doing was they kept changing the night that it aired without telling anyone. So you would show, what? like if you caught an episode on... Mondays at eight, and you were like, "I loved this show. I can't yeah. wait to watch more." You would show up the next week, Monday at eight, and it wouldn't be on, and it'd be on Tuesday at seven. Oh, that's ass backwards. Or it would be it would be on Thursday at nine. Like they just kept changing it week to week. So wow. I I I used to be friends with people who like watched Firefly live, and they'd be like, "Yeah, it was so fucking hard to like watch it live because you would just get random episodes." So I was yeah. like. I got two guests coming on. They haven't seen it before. I'm just going to have them watch the intended pilot and then have them pick up halfway through and we'll see what they think. It worked because I I don't know how linear the storytelling is. The only parts that I was kind of confused on, like genuinely confused on, was the um, who's the young lady with like the amnesia? River. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the only one I'm kind of like, what yeah, the, what is going the on? She's the Joss Whedon character we're, of all. At this okay. point in the story, though, we are all confused on River. You yeah. do not find out what Nobody River is. what's okay. going on with River. There's there's an episode next week where we're going to learn a little bit, and then basically the movie is about that. There is a movie. Mm. I was going to say, I Surrounding knew the movie, a yeah. little bit because I, when I, I got a job at a movie theater in 2005. And Serenity came out. I had no idea yeah, what it dude. was, but I was like all about, I'm going to watch pretty much everything we get. And I watched that. And re- I remember I've only seen it once. I remember. So I'm an odd duck in that respect. And I, I watched that and I was uh, like, oh, that's really good. I've had so many people over the years tell me, watch it, watch it, watch it. Andy, you were finally the person to make me watch this. And I have to say, they were all right. I, I fucking love it. Um, it's yeah. This is amazing. I, I have met quite a few people who have seen the movie and loved it and either didn't know there was a show and had never seen mm. it. And then I got to be like, oh, there's a show. You should watch it. Or they then watched the show and really enjoyed it. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're you're in good company there, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, I don't know. Like Scotty said, I'll pretty much all like, the the beautiful things and everything about uh kind of like the the storytelling and everything like that but just like yeah no train obviously it, honestly it made sense um starting with train job that felt like yes. a it felt like a, a pilot, pilot. Mm-hmm. absolutely and so that uh, i mean yeah that makes a lot of sense as to i mean also that's kind of fucked up <laughs> but uh it got i think it sounds like it got uh worse than the clone wars God, if I could, if I could put it back to Star Wars, because uh, Clone Wars kind of was like all, all over the place. They were like putting up, but that was intentional. That was more, that was more like I think a George thing uh, than just mm-hmm. like a you know like a telling stories nonlinear and everything than just like a studio kind or a whatever the the network kind of messing with the time. That's odd. That's very odd. I guess they just didn't have any faith in it or something. Anyway, so we're we're here to talk about these episodes, yeah. not the show. So, but anyway, you've got a couple of noobs here. And uh, I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. We both loved it. I think other than Andy, we are all uh, uh, sheeps in in the flock of seeing really? these episodes for the first time. This I have not never had a, a Firefly experience. Evan is 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 new to these later ones as well. Is that correct, Evan? 
Yeah, this was my first time seeing these two. I can oh, wow. continue to be. I I was very. We we dropped the. Uh, this is this is coming out much later, but we dropped the episode zero. I am surprised how like I was like very sh- did not think I was going to like this show. I am constantly shocked by how much I am loving these episodes of Firefly. I absolutely adored these episodes. I have maybe a note, but pretty much no notes. It was, we're, it was great. We're in banger territory where yeah. like, Oh yeah. There's oh, okay. a couple episodes in the, cause we've been taking them two at a time. There's uh, a couple of endy arcs where I'm like, there's an episode in here I don't really like, or, or there's part of an episode where I don't really like or whatever. Or I skipped this one on rewatches, but like from here to the end, we're just banger after banger after banger. These are uh, like the two I've enjoyed most so far. I felt just kind yeah. of meh about the show to this point. I've just been like, I think it's fine. Like it's got some good bits. It's got some bad bits overall. It's working, but I think it's just fine. These two have been my favorite so far. Typically we do I, a bit of a, a, a intro to it as to like, did these episodes work for you? It sounds like it, it, it just worked all around the horn. Yeah, uh, we got an across yeah. the board works, I think. Do we want to hop right into what did work? Andy, you, you were you were speaking there. Do you want to lead us off? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamestown is funny. Jamestown is like, very good. It's so funny. God. Jamestown is hilarious, and then it gets real sad real quick and i i love that like i love that it like dares to be both i love that it dares to be a comedy and then stick a really sad ending i i think they're well maybe it's joss whedon maybe it's the actors i'm not sure but they've tried to do that before and it hasn't quite worked i think this is the first time where like striking exactly the right balance between like humor and also uh like serious emotional moments has really like played smoothly pretty much throughout the episode i i think a weaker show would have had like the dying boy i keep calling him a boy he's like 18 uh but like the dying (laughs) the dying boy like say something to jane and then jane vow to be a better person and like jane learns nothing yeah. and is yep. still a piece of shit. And I love that. I love yeah. that. He was the like, show why'd he do that? I'm like, well, no shit. You're the savior of this town. I love that moment. You like, know, he's, he's inherently like his defining characteristic is he is selfish and kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. And yes. for him to like, not understand like this selfless act from someone who like admired him. Cause Jane doesn't admire anyone. Like yeah. it, it's so it's so good. Like it fully captures that character. I am. I, I gave a real hard time to Jane early on in the series. I think everyone was kind of finding their their like uh, even playing field early on. All the actors. Um, I I like I, again. I'm editing episodes now where I'm like, yeah, this Jane character is just not funny. They want to make him funny. He's just not funny. Um, Jane's great. I, I am I am not kidding. I am a huge Jane apologist. I'm I'm <laughs> enough to the point where it's like, let me check out Adam Baldwin. Let me see what some of his stuff is. Maybe I've been wrong about him the whole time. I I don't think that. I don't think that I, I don't think I've been <laughs> wrong about that. You're, you're ready to join the mutters though. Yeah, I'll do so so to to I, I have a, a drink here. 
uh, they mention in the episode, uh, there's a drink called Mutter's Milk, which is like everything you need with 15% alcohol content. So for a real working class drink, I, I combined uh, uh, some Coors Light with some uh, locally locally brewed cold brew, uh, a shot of whiskey, um, and oh a my God, garnished yes. it with a peanut butter uh, smeared banana. And it's not good, but I, no, <laughs> I, think, that's, I think that's in keeping with the episode. I'm a real that's moderate. dead on. I'm yeah. a real Jane head, you know? It's got everything I need. Oh, it's what, great. Did, didn't he say it was like a turkey dinner with 15% yeah. alcohol content? Is that yeah. the line? Yeah, it's full of protein. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, God, yeah, I that feel sounds like what horrible. you really needed was just like a whey protein shake yeah, no. and then put, That'll then get put you drunk. fireball in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I both of those things. They could have done that, but no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm all in on, on the Jane of it all. And from what I understand, like, it only gets better with Jane from here on out. And so I'm like Holy very, shit. very happy to oh, be on cool. this train. You're, you're going to like next week. Ron. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, good. I like, th- I like the mythic storytelling of, you know, they, there's a people that, you know, this, this group of people all had a, a idol of some sorts, right? Well, you know, we've seen it before and like, you know, Obviously, some other folklore stories, but we've never had the guy actually be like a straight up asshole, you know, and like the fact that Jane's is like a total douchebag and like, you know, he he gets there. He's terrified of being there and then he embraces it and then he doesn't learn from the power of having that responsibility. You know, a someone literally dies for him and his first response is, why did he do that? Like, he doesn't think about the implications of him. Yeah. He doesn't get it. And it's kind of nice to to have that moment because, you know, like I said earlier, there could be moments where they're like, and he died for you because he loved you or, oh, I have a, I am a changed man. Hell no. Same dude. Same dude. It doesn't learn from it at all. And like, there's something to be said about like taking a trope and perfecting it, but taking a trope and subverting it. I mean, that is just, that is what, that's that's the intrinsic nature of like you know being raptured in a story you know like mm. yes you as a viewer are like we get the lesson but it's funny to know the main character the symbolism behind all that just whoop. yeah <laughs> and for him it's just a piece of ass and that girl you know that's it i got that's the only thing he gets drunk he gets worshipped and he gets laid but like it, there's it's nothing deeper like there's no remorse whenever that other guy gets killed the guy he abandoned the guy he like let in prison for four years in a box got his Stitch. eye taken out yeah like literally she just, just kills him like there's no there's no like i'm sorry his head against the base of the statue um, right oh like it's, it's what feels God, like it's happened good. but no i uh oh. about like mythic Oh, sorry. No, oh, you go, no. Jerry. I was just all I was gonna say was, uh, you know, to start again. Starting, oh, Scotty and I both have only seen three episodes, <laughs> but to start yes. out like Train Job, um, I loved and hated. I loved to hate him because he was such an asshole. Um, the uh, he What's actually the chain did of make me is the chain I get and beat you with. That was yes. really dumb. That was really dumb. <laughs> but but I and also but it made sense for him. It was something mm-hmm. that guy would say. Um I loved the part where he got like <laughs> he 
uh, you know, I'm going. I'm going to talk about Train Job if I'm not careful. When he, he gets like uh, sedated by the doctor and he shoots the guy yes. and he's like, I was aiming for his head. That got a laugh out of me. Um, but uh, no, I, I, you start out with him there, and I'm like, whatever. This guy is like, I kind of don't like him, but he's also kind of fun. Janestown, when they start singing the folk song. Holy oh shit. Oh my god, I was dying. So Holy was shit, I was losing. And Alan was... Tudyk is like... <laughs> he's, Alan Tudyk is perfect in that situation because he's dying laughing. <laughs> he's like, this guy's an asshole. It's like me and Scotty for at dinner. Like, we both, like, people laugh at us. Like, if people were, like, praising yeah. us and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's... I, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's... It, that really just kind of like the the humor was hitting on it, but just like that, it's almost poignant at the end. But just yeah, the whole we we've we've all said it. It's just like the whole he doesn't learn the lesson is just fucking perfect. It's perfection. So what I think is is really interesting here, and uh, like uh, Scotty, you you were mentioning kind of like mythic tropes, is that like mm-hmm. Mal is the successful version of this folk hero trope. Like, Inara, when she's hearing the story, she thinks it's Mal. She thinks it's about Mal. That was a great thing. That's very good. Mal is the the fictionalized Jane to the crew. And the crew are the mutters. Like, Mm -hmm. Mal is this sacrificial hero who keeps doing what he can to protect his crew. Like, he, he fought and lost this war. He doesn't have a home planet anymore. He doesn't have like a home government or home nation, but he has this slice of uh, freedom called serenity. And he has this family, this, this people that live on it and he will do anything to make sure their needs are met and to make sure they're safe. Like there was a scene in a previous episode where um, they like lost Simon and they had to find him. And, and Simon says like, why'd you come back for me? And Mal is like, cause you were on my crew. And Simon, the doctor, doesn't understand, like, what that means. And he asks again, and Mal is like, because you're on my damn crew. Like, yeah, if you're on my crew, I'm going to keep you safe. And yeah. the, the juxtaposition of, like, Mal and Jane at the end, and Jane is saying, like, I don't understand why he would do that for me. And Mal is just like, because they need to believe in you. Like, they, like, I think Mal gets it. I think Mal understands that he fills that role. Uh, which is why in the next episode, he's like, I'm going to stay with the ship. Like, mm-hmm. there's a chance someone will find me and I'll be able to send them after you. Like, I have to be the one to stay behind. And no one gets it. Everyone's asking him to, like, come along. And he's like, no, like, I got to try this. Like, there's a slim chance it'll work. It's great. It's really good. It's amazing. I, 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 I loved every second of it. The, the, I, I, we've all we've all had our like take on the ending and, and, and Jane kind of not changing. But it's like what struck me is like it's like he is short circuiting. It is, it is less like why do he do that? Because like he's stupid. It's more like he's like, I yeah. can't understand. Like it does not compute. Yes, like in my yeah. Jane brain, like that doesn't <laughs> it, it, he says it just don't make no sense. It's like he yeah. cannot figure out a reality in which that is an appropriate action and the world that he lives in is inappropriate. And so like how there's all kinds of things that are like firing in his brain and it just can't, 
it's less that he decides not to change and it's just like he can't he just cannot this he is jane from tip to toe he is jane and anything that kind of like pushes up against that fries his brain and then he goes back to jane and and like there's there's just something very like you could talk about like the dynamicism of 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 mal through the series and of of some of the other characters but like the simplicity of some of the characters of just being what they are through and through like that's so so much more real um in a way that i in a way that is like sincere that i believe that's beautiful because like you you see so many you know i guess aspects of storytelling where like you know there's even like monologues i am now a changed person but Mm -hmm. i i love the idea like like it it doesn't really get past him yet. And I do agree. It is more short circuiting than it is like, I don't get it. No, it's more like you don't get it because you don't understand the, the, I guess you could say the, uh, the imagery behind it. You don't understand the, the sacred symbolism behind what just happened. Right. If you're a savior of the town. worldview. Like, he, yes. And also, flat earther it also seeing a, a, a globe. Like it. Yes. Doesn't, yeah. Does it compute? Like, and part of it too is like this, this really beautiful idea of now, like, not to compare it to Star Wars, but like you adding another aspect to the myth. You know, not only did Jane come back, but he came back and he had to defeat the guy that you know that he had to throw out the 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 plane, and then literally, you know, a person, this young man who is now part of the folklore to their culture, you know, jumped in front of the bullet to save Jane. So, like, you know, he. That that the real hero in that aspect is the fact that that young man, that eighteen year old or whatever age you would call it, was the one that jumped in front of the, the bullet. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the real hero aspect. You know, money is is in you know money is just this thing, whereas you know to save a life is invaluable. So like yes, they are, they rejoice the fact that money was of course the thing that you know that they got out of the first deal, but the second deal is now you know a life was taken, but also a life was saved. You know, because of this great and almighty Jane, it's it's very cool. It's very it's not what I was expecting from the show, and, and I think that's part of the reason why I kind of fell in love with this episode. And I will end up watching the rest of the season, like I'm, seriously. We got to talk about Shepard Book, and I'm really curious about like your guys' thoughts on that character. Mm. Um, because in my in like for my money, there is not a better portrayal of like an idealized pastor on TV and like Shepard book is a flawed character. And like he, he, he isn't when I say like idealized, he's not like a perfect caricature of what a pastor should be, but he's like him and like the priest from daredevil are like the two best, like men of God I've ever seen put in film. Uh, They're just compelling. They're human. They feel real but they're also not propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, I would agree with that. I was in the limited time we get to spend with him, you know, in these couple of episodes. Um, I, I enjoyed, I was it this one where he was on the, the ship with him. So river is the, the, yep. the girl's name, right? Like this is the one where she's on the mm-hmm. ship and she's, she's, <laughs> I liked the scene. Is this the one? Yeah, yeah, this is where she she's like in his Bible rewriting it or something. He's like, it's broken. Yeah. Your Bible's broken. Um, I loved that. She's trying to fix the contradictions and, yeah. and fix anything that's not accurate. Yeah. And 
it just, you know, the, the talk and it, I, it, you're, you're right. Because like, he even has a talk with her, you know, I was like, okay, how's this going to go again as someone who like was, I, I am a former pastor, a recovering, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, it, it was interesting to hear him say, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's not about it being, Oh, I forget the exact line. It's it's really good. It was like it's not about it, it's more about faith. It's not it's not about if it's broken or not. It's 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 about believing in something. I believe is what he kind of said. It. Yeah, and that was yeah. And then just an uh, interesting then point the line of view is that you you don't fix faith. Faith faith fixes you. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. not something where you have to make everything make sense. It's not something about where you have to like you know, make it accurate. It's, it's just about, you know, believing in it. And that belief then like helps you be a better person. Exactly. Yeah. Evan, I'm interested to see how you feel about, uh, Shepard book and these scenes specifically, uh, in, in these episodes. I've pointed out before that, uh, like Joss Sweden is clearly trying to say something about religion. You guys, uh, uh, didn't, see some of the other episodes with these weird sects. There's a lot of like weird Christian subgroups in this. And I don't, I can't tell if Joss Whedon is trying to like say something specific about Christianity with each of them, or if he just doesn't understand the Bible very much and thinks it's an interesting world building tool. And he's sort of making stuff up as he goes along that feels Christian flavored to him. I don't know. I don't know about (laughs) Joss Whedon's history. So maybe that's why it's hard to parse for me. But, like, I couldn't tell if Shepard Book's answer there was supposed to be something that we, the audience, connected with, or if it was supposed to sound absurd. Like, mm. I couldn't tell if if this was supposed to be, um, like, something that, like, illustrated how wise he was or something that illustrated how misguided he was. Because there's been a lot of other instances of Joss Whedon seeming to really not like Christianity and seeming to think that, like, the the people who are into the Bible uh, are the ones who are in the wrong here. And even though Shepard Book is a sympathetic, uh, like, protagonist character, um, yeah, I wasn't—it wasn't clear to me what this was supposed to elucidate about him exactly. If I may, um— my understanding of Joss Whedon and Christianity from having watched uh, all of Buffy and Angel multiple times and Firefly multiple times and uh, like reading interviews with Joss is that uh, Joss does not like Christianity and he gave himself the challenge of writing a pastor who is likable. So like his his Mm -hmm. job with book was to make a pastor that he would want to follow. So like book is a condemnation of the Christianity that Joss grew up around because the, the pastors he knew were nothing like book. So these other sects that we see who are, you know, backwards and fearful and vengeful um, and like kind of dumb. Those are the sort of Christians that Joss has interacted with. And uh, book is supposed to be the like condemnation of them. I do feel better about uh, like feeling like I was getting mixed messages yeah. about the guy though, yeah. because clearly Joss Whedon has mixed feelings about the guy and like, yeah, yeah. was struggling, yeah. was struggling yeah. to write something that read as sincere. 
Um, and that is that like that is going to be a theme throughout the show because uh, Mal is a devout atheist. Mal used to be a Christian, isn't anymore, and he has this very complicated relationship with Book. And we're gonna like keep seeing that. And I think uh, you know Joss at the time of making this had a very complicated relationship with the character of Book. I ask Evan um, about about your take on this. Uh, Evan and I both were raised Catholic. Um, and I okay. feel like I don't know that, that that they are playing book in like a Catholic kind of sense, but book came from the monastery and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the Abbey Abbey. They talk the abbot they talk about and he's got the collar. So like there's this element of of pop culture that I feel like it, it, it's it's getting to be a trope. I feel like where, yes, I understand what Joss Whedon is trying to do here is to tr- make a likable uh, man of God, basically. And like they do it in a similar way that we see done in Fleabag uh, not that long ago with the hot priest um, where they use this thing of just like it's not really about what's in the text. It's about like having a belief in something. It's about like, you know, investing in something which I don't think. Uh, please write in and tell me that I'm wrong. I don't think that person exists. That person I that agree. Is, I don't huh. find that to be a compelling argument. No. I don't think any religious person thinks that right. about like their faith. I again, I also could I, be wrong. I think it is. I, there are many, many people who like believe in some kind of flavor of Christianity and who don't take the Bible like literally. You don't have to like biblical literalism is actually a very new development in Christianity. Right. Uh, mm. uh, but most people. In my experience, most religious people believe that, like, the Bible is true if in an abstract sense. Like, it's telling you something moral, it's telling you something to meditate on, and it is true yeah. in that sense. It's emotionally true. I, I do think sense. that's what Book was saying, though. Yeah, when he that's was, when not he was, what the lines were, right. though. No, yeah. that is, I think that is what he basically said, is he's like, it doesn't matter that there are contradictions, what matters is like the stories that's what i took it. but it's that you that's have something he... to believe it's this idea that like we as people we as flawed humans just need something to believe in and i don't I, yeah. I agree with evan i don't think that's like a real tangible thing that like maybe there are members of, of different uh faith communities that like that is the thing that kind of binds together but that is a very self-aware thing that almost you look at and, that and say oh well then i can just believe yeah. in anything I don't need to believe everyone who has seen the movie is freaking out at this conversation right now. Cause well, hold on major point of the movie. Sure. The parallels though of, 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 of shepherd, you know, obviously saying all you have to have is faith, you know, and in some ideology or some belief is, is very, I guess it deeply parallels the Janestown idea of, you know, having this actual like faith in this person that really isn't even a real part. Like, the 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 ideal you know the idolized version of this this asshole is like right. you know is what these people get off on is what these people like and and it's kind of funny because Shepard is no different than that you know I idealizing a novel or a, a book a, a story of mythology you know that the people have faith and when Jane shows up their their faith is redeemed they're like this is the guy we love this guy you know and you know it that's it, it a really shows good that, point like, Scotty. Well, well, no matter no matter how shallow the the subtext of the book is, you know, 
when the real thing's in front of you, that's when that's when you're in disbelief, you know? Like, everything you've heard becomes real. Like, if, let's just say Jesus is real, and let's just say, you know, we're all raised in some sort of sect of faith, and all of a sudden Jesus walks to this door, then everything you comprehended about faith is validated. Whereas these people in Janestown, all of a sudden, this figure walks into the door, and they're like, good Lord, like, this is, this guy's real, you know? Yeah. Whereas Shepard, uh, you know, maybe Shepard meets his maker at some point, but... I, I, it's all I can say is like, Shepard's like not. Jer- or no, I feel like uh, Ronnie and Evan are mistaking what Mal said at the end of the episode to Jane about they just needed to believe in something a little bit with what Book said to River. I don't think what Book said to River was this explicit, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe it kind of thing. It Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I did not interpret it the same way that you did. And I know like, that I'm thinking of the right thing because it bothered me at the time. Like as I was watching it, I was like, I don't, I don't quite buy this. And that's what I'm saying. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell if this was meant to be something that was to the audience, obviously wrong. And that we were supposed to disagree with, um, because it just didn't feel like something that like a person of genuine faith would say or think about their faith. I Um, think that this is an interesting point. And I, I don't want to dwell on it because I do think it's interesting, but I, I don't think it's like inherent to Firefly. But to Scotty's point, like the idea of the Janestown Christ figure of Jane versus the Christ figure of Christ, a book like what I feel like in this episode, it's like there's always rumors in Janestown of Jane walking through that door again. I feel yeah. like what book is saying is like Jesus isn't coming through that door, but I still have mm-hmm. faith. Oh, and like that's yeah. that's well, that's that's yeah. the part like, where yeah, like I was, it falls I apart was, for me. Where it's like I was about to mm, say the same thing. Where it, like the people of Janestown genuinely in their hearts believed Jane was a real guy and he was a good guy and he fixed yeah. stuff for us. I, like, and, even and if they, I, even if the details are fuzzy about Jane, they genuinely believe like no, his intentions were good. He brought us out of poverty and like that's what we <laughs> right. cling to. Whereas uh, Shepherd books. <laughs> comments were like felt more cynical to me like right. it's not about what's actually in the bible it's just about like having an idea to cling to and to and put I, it, I don't to that point to it, Ronnie, go ahead i don't want to spoil anything but i think you're right sure. like i think you're a reading book 100 right and when i said that this is like a key part of the movie sure. like i think you're onto some I think you're picking up character threads that you are meant to here. To put a pin on what my idea is here is not like, like I said, I don't think this is a firefight problem. I think this is we as media people do want to make likable Christian figures. And at a certain point, we kind of have to like create a straw man of a Christian figure to make them as endearing as we want to. And like that, (laughs) that like is, is, yeah. doesn't have anything to do with Joss Whedon doesn't have anything to do with the preacher the, the person who wrote Fle- doesn't have anything to wrote Phoebe Wallerbridge who wrote Fleabag doesn't have anything to do with the person who wrote the priest in Daredevil it has to do with the Christian faith writ large and the kind of the trappings and baggage that comes along with that that's just my whole point was that like if you are writing this and you, your intent is to write the most endearing really just gets to the core of what you know makes a character likable you have to kind of invent a fake person in order to do that, um, which is what writing is. So I guess like that's not like a nuanced point, but make up yeah. a guy, make up a guy <laughs> and then make up another guy and make them talk to each other. I got a movie. 
Make up a guy. Come up with a situation in your head that makes you sad. Make up a girl and make her talk to another girl and you pass the Bechdel test. Let's let's get into uh, over an hour in, and I said we keep these under an hour. Let's get into Out of Gas. Uh, Thoughts on Out of Gas for positives? What did did you all like about this one? I liked that it was flawless. Wow, that's (laughs) a good statement. I liked that it was absolutely flawless from beginning to end. And that there were and that there were no flaws in it is what I liked. <laughs> so there are there are like three Firefly episodes that are like my some of my favorite episodes of TV, like period and a discussion. And this is one of them. Um, we got two more that I just love. But but this one is is an absolute banger. I love the nonlinear nature of it. You know, I. I you know, we've been fortunate enough to get some cool nonlinear stuff in Star Wars, the Book of Boba Fett. But even then, you you could tell what was going on. But I like I like when a show or a story or a movie or whatever can throw you through a loop as to, okay, obviously flashback, and then it's like big flashback. You know, like it's 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 so much more than what you would expect it in terms of a flashback. Like the fact that it kept cutting, you know, and the cues of everything, like like. When 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 um Mal would walk into a room, you know that's what triggered the next scene in a flashback. So like, to me, it's it's really good multi level storytelling. I wish Star Wars would take an approach like this because you know it's bold, and not only is it bold, but it's well done. So it's like what Book you, of Boba Fett, the whole thing was was the nonlinear, no, yeah. knowledge, but mm-hmm. knowledge. yes, <laughs> but but in terms of uh. In terms of enjoyment, this was one of those ones where I teared up by the end of it, and I wasn't expecting that from a show that I have barely any relationship with. You know, like truly, like no, no nostalgia for it, no anything. And I, I, I it solidified the reasons I'd watch the rest of the season. So as a as a very much a newcomer, watched three episodes last night for the first time. I will a hundred percent going to go back to the very first hour and a half long episode and watch that probably this weekend. So that's that's my take on it. It was very well done. Uh, it was it was just grade A storytelling, and it was charming. It was very charming, and it was suspenseful. So mm-hmm. it, it hit it hit every. It was really good TV, you know, and very what's, concise. Forty three minutes, solid forty three minutes. What's fun through, for you through. guys is if you do go back and immediately watch that hour and a half pilot. The that hour and a half pilot is how he meets Simon River and Book. Oh, so really? That is why they don't get flashbacks of meeting the crew is because that's what the oh. hour and a half pilot is. So oh, you cool. guys will go straight from out of gas to them joining the crew, which will be kind of fun. That's that's, awesome. that's pretty fun. Yeah, I so again as a newcomer to this again, like I feel like well, I almost called it Serenity because again, like I'm just thinking of the movie, but uh, I feel like that. Firefly has been such a big part of my life without actually being in it and to, to not know anything about the characters to come into this and to start it. I thought it was going to be a little more lighthearted than it was, but again, again, there's the lighthearted moments for sure in it, but it kind of had me on the edge of my seat, even though I know I've seen the 2005 (laughs) film and I know all these characters survive at least that from my vague memory of watching that film like uh, like unless that whole film is a flashback but yeah i'm just i was the whole time just like okay what's next what's next what are we like where where are we going uh how are we getting out of this how did we get into this situation it was just 
it was very dire, but then you had those moments, the the fun moments were the the meeting the crew for the first time and everything like yeah. that. I, I by the way, uh, I forget the name of the uh the mechanic, but but what what it like Kaylee. Kaylee. They I just they had Kaylee. her and uh Keely, yeah, her and um Jane had the best intros, I feel yeah. like. Um, about like just like the like and I'm wondering like whatever like you come in and like the that the dumb mechanic who looks like the he looks he looked like one of the the older Himbo brothers mechanic. they would cast on like Boy Meets World or something back in the day or whatever <laughs> this dude, he was so early two thousands. Um but like I'm like, okay, I bet that that's the actual uh I bet that's uh uh, uh I'm sorry, I forget her name again. Um Kaylee, 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 Kaylee. Um but yeah, like just, I just, I don't know. It, it had tears. I was tearing up as well um, in this yeah. and everything. There's just some very poignant, very good moments. Um, I love Mal's uh, relationship with, I again, please forgive the newbies. Uh, trying to remember the names, everything. The, who is the, the, the love interest for Mal? The and Nara. Nara. Yes. Um, by the way, Love that character. I think she is absolutely fucking awesome. Uh, I love just like yeah. the whole was not expecting that type of character, but just like I, I love that characterization and just the it didn't feel this didn't feel like it came out in the early 2000s. It feel I don't know. It just it feels a little more modern to me. We've gotten a few good in our episodes in a row here, which is nice. Uh, yeah. She is not always treated so good by this show. So. Oh, well, mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, early two um, thousands. It's I'm sure it's bound to happen. So, but but yeah, no. It, all in all, the women are allowed to be horny in this, and they don't. Uh, well, like the, again, Inara is not always treated great by the show, right? But Kaylee's allowed to be horny, and it's treated as charming yes. and cool, right? Yeah, know? I I love uh, watching Zoe's story this episode. Um, like oh, yeah. Wash just wanting to be there for his wife, and like. Yeah, huh? Pushing back against oh, Mal and Mal having to be like a total hard ass is good stuff. Oh, it's awesome. Um, so damn good. And, yeah. And like Mal just being such a good captain this episode, like he knows exactly what Wash needs. Like he mm. knows he has to be rough with Wash, but then he knows what Kaylee needs and he has to like go and be like a little soft spoken and kind of be the big brother for her. Yeah. And then like when he's talking to Inara about like, here's the instructions on like what you guys should do. Like, here's how you handle Jane. Like, don't trust him with this, but if you get in a fight, like let him take the lead, like that whole stuff really good. Um, the, the Jane scene, I think while funny is also very dark because there is sort of this question of like, well, in, in the unaired pilot, Mal asks Jane, like what happens if someone, like pays you to betray me and jane is like oh well that guy like the money wasn't enough and mal is like what if the money is good enough one day and jane's like that's going to be an interesting day and then here we get this flashback where like that's how mal got jane yeah so now there is like this big question of like well shit like what if the money is good enough someday and also that speaks so much to like the idea of jane and like what has brought him to where he is at the end of janestown where like yes his brain can't compute but his brain can't compute that because he's never been treated 
like a person mm-hmm. like he's been treated and exploited mm-hmm. his entire life up to getting on to serenity and even still he's yep. in this place of like well i have to be on my guard because as soon as like something better comes around i'm gonna find out that mal was also exploiting me and treating me mm-hmm. shitty and then i'll have to take care of that situation and so he can't he can't like live in a world where somebody would give you kindness for free or anything like that. And so like it, yeah, having this come immediately after Janestown is like so telling. And so like he is basically just like this, this gimp that they've like paid nothing to and, and made him shack up with somebody of just like, Oh, uh, go be our muscle for this. And we're not, we're going to, you know, take, take advantage of you. Cause you're, you're unintelligent. And it's like, but, but, but that means something that means something to when you do that to a person for years and years and years. Yeah. 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 No, I Very. love that Jane is essentially like he is the dumb ass henchman of the bad guy. If you just like, like took him and made him kind of a good, I don't know. It's right. it's, I did not expect, I didn't expect half these characters to be what they were again. Like, and it's been, it's been 20 years since I've seen the movie. So, um, if Jane was a video game character, he'd be yelling, yo, it's the bat in an Arkham game and then getting yes. his face beat. Right. Like, yes. like, 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 <laughs> he, he is like fully fleshed out and, uh, like given a character arc. There's only so much flesh you can fit on him because he's only got a henchman framework. That's why he doesn't learn any lessons. But I like that is his arc though. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I do like Jane Cobb. He, it's like if you like, treated one of those guys with respect. Yeah, you're absolutely right, guys. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry I gotta dig out my I love Jane Cobb t-shirt real quick. But like it. it's it's just like it's he is unintelligent and uh kind of a a, a, a lapdog, but also the only one who is like maybe with Inara to some degree, but who is like fully in charge of their own destiny. Like at any yeah. point, it's just like, yeah, I want to turn on Mao and I'm going to just do that. And like, that'll be <laughs> an interesting day. And like it, it, the same thing that happened with his old crew. He just like up and shot the guy in the leg and moved on. And like, right. The only thing stopping him from doing that is like the money. And we are all, and, and the crew of Serenity is so thankful that the money is, is in a good place because otherwise it would be real bad. And like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Ronnie, that like Inara could leave at any point yeah. if she wanted to. Jane can leave at any point if he wants to. Right. Simon and River can't go fucking nowhere. They're like mm. the most wanted people in the galaxy. Uh, I, I think Book is the third. Book could leave at any point. If I he think wanted Book to. could leave, but, but like, like the sensibility of Book will not allow it. Like even Kate, even if Kate. Book like had his druthers and said, I'm, I'm done with this crime stuff. I'm getting out of here he the 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 allure of adventure and the allure of all this that like mm-hmm. clearly there's some element of crime in his past or like understanding crime in his past will not allow him to stray too far from this element whereas jane mm. it's just money Inara, it's just the the dynamic between her yeah. and mal and the love that she has for kind of being like the not to pigeonhole her into a female character type but like the den mother of 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 these these uh these ruffians um you know and everyone else is just kind of like wash wash needs this ship. He needs to fly the ship. And Zoe needs wash and needs Mal despite being so independent. And like, um, yeah, I, I love Jane Cobb. I love Jane Cobb. Same. <laughs> I'll scream it from the rooftops. 
I love Jade Cobb. Yes. <laughs> Um, We're gonna have a whole new new era of people buying Jane Cobb's silly hat. Yeah, yep. But the old man suddenly haven't seen the silly hat yet. Suddenly, suddenly, uh, Amazon purchases of Jane Cobb's silly hat are gonna uh, soar through the roof. Fucking pumped for the silly hat. (laughs) Yeah, this episode overall was one of the ones that kind of sold me on the show. First episode was great. Second episode was fantastic. Third episode was oh Christ! Like I, I actually have to watch this whole thing now, aren't I? Yeah. Like it was the it was the <laughs> the titular, you know. Like this is this is the set. This, this is what sold me. So I uh, I'm pumped to listen to y'all's coverage, but also have the opportunity to go back and watch all these and then listen to those later. And it's just it's it's fantastic. If I can also bring yeah. up at the end, you're talking about how great of a captain Andy you brought up earlier that uh, mm-hmm. Mal is. I loved the moment when he wakes up and everyone's there. I like I'm a sucker for the found uh, the found family kind of thing, right? Yeah. I love that. And I, the the sappier the better. It's going to make me cry. It's going to make me like like, you know, want to hang out with all my friends, you know, like all that kind of stuff. But like when he wakes up and what is he says y'all going to be here when I wake up. And they say, "Yeah, yeah. like that yeah. was so wholesome, so endearing. Oh, just it was it's all that horror that he went through for them. Right. But just also like, I'm going to be, I was being a hard ass and trying like, you know, to save you, but also please don't leave me <laughs> because yeah. I need you too. I need you too. I yeah. loved that so much. That's honestly, that sold me on it. Yeah. I mean, all of this kind of sold me, but that part I was like, all right, I'm in, I love this. I love the crew. I love the yeah. family. I love the whole thing. I love they have an actual family table. That is like yep. that's just fucking rad to have that on on this spaceship. I, I love the whole aesthetic. So the stakes were so high in that in in so. out of gas, and like yeah. the the way that they kind of like wrapped up um, Janestown, where like Inara just like got her her boy to like give him give him the green light. Like in that episode with that tone, that was fine. It was a little yada yada. Yeah. It was a little like okay, we're just gonna mm-hmm. like move on here. But it, it 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 worked within the context of that episode. I'm watching like I'm three quarters of the way through out of gas, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be satisfied with like a a half-assed explanation for how they get out of this one. Like these yeah. stakes are this felt like a season ender. Like if if somebody yeah. would have mm-hmm. if if we would have had like a real loss this episode that would have been like a real like BBC five five episode season. This is the end of the season kind of thing. And a lesser show, like when he's doing that, like, y'all going to be here when I wake up. I was like preparing for like, was this all like a fucking dream because they all ran uh, out of oxygen? Like, w- did they all like ima- did, did now just imagine this whole thing? And like. That would have sucked. And they didn't do that. And like it, this, th- everything that happened here was very real. Stakes were high. Yeah. And like. Like you said, like Scotty, you said like the suspense was just so there and so visceral and like that you don't I don't I don't know shows that really do that in this kind of a I I think there's shows that do that cheaply with kind of like the emotional pornography. Like I think there's a lot of like cop shows out there that like, yeah, we've got this super high stakes and this person's going to get killed by a criminal. Like, I think that there's ways you can do it cheaply. But the way that this show just like really earned every 
minute. It, it, it I, I remember like watching Gravity, the Sandra Bullock movie, and being like very aware of every breath I was taking. I felt that yes. same thing here, where it's like I was aware of just like, oh, that every breath I take too much is the oxygen they don't have, and like, yes, oh, no. yes. God, it's well said. I agree. That was a cool uh, additive bonus of the idea of them like having to save their breath so they couldn't talk. Yeah. You know, that was oh it builds suspense really well. I was I really was impressed. It was it it is a fun ride, you know. Not fun. It was a suspenseful ride top to bottom. Yeah. So I'm 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 gonna end up watching that one again if I do a full rewatch mm. of the whole show. That's the one I'm gonna rewatch probably twice. Even the name. Any, any negatives here? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I just want even the name no. "Out of Gas." I feel like in retrospect, I was thinking like "Out of Gas." That doesn't make sense because they weren't. It wasn't like a fuel issue that was the problem. Right. Um, uh-uh. But now, even looking back, it's like "Out of Gas" prepared me for a very specific kind of episode, and this mm. was not an "Out of Gas" episode. This wasn't like a <laughs> "We can't get to the next job." Oh man! Exactly. This was they were spiritually and. In in physically like spiritually and uh, right. think, like out of gas like just like it's just like it's it seemed like the end of the road. We're twenty minutes um, in and Shepard Book is time. crying about how he's going to like uh, suffocate from the inside out, and it's like, good God, what, this <laughs> dark ass show. What the fuck? Yep, I loved that too. That interaction, River, like no, we'll most likely freeze to death first. It's yes, yeah. yeah, that was that was a good moment. That was, <laughs> that was we so we great. have not had a ton of good River moments. I feel like that was a good River moment. That was fantastic. Go ahead, Andy. I'm sorry. Any negatives, <sighs> Evan? <laughs> you're ready to go. You're your finger on the trigger. Oh, it's just a little. It's you a got nit- your finger on Vera. Me it's and, a nitpick. Me and it's Evan already talked I'm, about our like issues with the the like the books, the compelling. Sure. Yeah. just how yeah. compelling. I don't think it was like a hindrance to the plot. But I would have rather spend more time in Janestown rather than mm. like I don't. Like I also don't know what River was taking away at the end, doing her Bible study kind of situation. Like mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. much like, what are you trying to say, Joss Whedon? What is happening here? My, but like that's my, you know we've well trod. Yeah, all my critiques about Joss Whedon and his religion stuff are just I wish Joss Whedon understood what he was trying to say about religion. Like I wish he or understood. That he would say it, you know what I mean? I wish he understood Christianity well enough to have a sophisticated take about it. Right. I don't think he has a sophisticated take about it. He just he just thinks it's uh like a a, a good texture, a good textural world building thing to include, yeah. but he doesn't really flavor. have anything deep to say about it. Which is very yeah. similar to like we talked about early on and I feel like they've steered clear for a while because we haven't had a whole lot of alliance connection of like mm-hmm. what are you saying about a a group of of southern sounding people from the the uh, that very much evokes feelings of the south and american west uh-huh. wanting to secede from this great power that wants to unify everything like what are you yeah. saying joss whedon and he's like uh-huh. uh forget the alliance don't we're think not too gonna hard talk about, about it. that for a couple of episodes <laughs> yeah don't do don't uh. think too hard about uh like our main characters being confederate coded right <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it um <laughs> Yeah, my only, my only, and I, like I said, this is truly a nitpick. This is not something that really matters, but like the, um, the situation where, uh, the thing that leads to Mal getting shot, 
uh, in the the Out of Gas episode where like these salvagers like sort like board the ship and try to just like hijack it basically. Um, they backed off so easily. Like, yeah. that, like I did notice Mal that. was like fatally yeah. wounded and had one gun, <laughs> and I was like, "Were I them, and I wanted this ship, I would simply wait for him to die." You know, yeah. like <laughs> I, he, the ship that is immobilized. Had a machine gun. Like, the ship's immobilized, and he he only has a gun. I would simply go back through the airlock onto my ship and just look through the window until he passed out you know maybe it was like a, a respect thing of like uh, like we we you caught us trying to fuck you over you're letting us leave without shooting us yeah like like bygones be bygones we're out of here we're so they both were willing to they were willing to shoot a man for his ship but they weren't willing to wait for him to die for his ship well like he had the part to fix it so like you know they're like oh well like it's a he's, little he's a tough son of a bitch it's a little weak something, as a plot element sure. something that is definitely then, working in, in the, something that's definitely working for me about this entire series is whenever anyone mm-hmm. says anything negative about firefly you see andy kind of like cock their head back and go Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I apologize and, for yeah. this? How can I fix this? <laughs> Andy script, script doctoring Firefly. Everything. I uh, I am surprised at how much Firefly is working for me because, like I said in our episode zero, like I haven't rewatched it since we started doing ending pending, and I was really nervous about coming back to this show that I used to love. That like maybe it wouldn't hold up, and it really has consistently been holding up. I've been enjoying it a bunch rewatching it. I am scared to get to Heart of Gold, listeners. If you know Firefly, you know why I'm nervous about getting to that episode. But oh, no. so far, we're having a great time. This is, uh, I think these are bangers. It's okay to yeah. admit that it has a few weaker plot points I, that are weak than I, others. I, I, I don't, I don't I'm not that, saying... I'm saying that I don't think that's like a Evan. nitpick worth over. <laughs> like, I think it's very easy to no prize uh, an explanation as to why they fucking left. Yeah. Because Mal has that zinger of, like, you can see I wouldn't do this to you. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy's like, you would have done sure. this to us. Oh, yeah. And Mal's like, you can see I didn't. And maybe that maybe that guy's heart grew three sizes. I, my, my point, listener, is that it didn't make it a bad episode. Right. I'm just saying. If we're doing negatives, I got to I gotta point out that, like, that, that was, like, sort of the weakest series of events in that episode. It stuck out to me as weak compared to the rest of the episode, which was very good. They had to get the part to Mal. As far as ways yeah. they could get the part to Mal, that yeah. was acceptable. I, I, yeah, you know, they was, were written into a corner a little bit. Right. They they jiggled some stuff. They finagled it a little bit. It's fine. And, we blew past And it. like I said, I would have been unsatisfied if they really yada yada that. But like the mm-hmm. fact that we as an audience were not expecting that beacon to be answered. Um, it did. And this is what happened. Like, Okay. That's fine. I'm not I'm not, you know, engine the entire episode on that moment because everything surrounding it is so palpable. Yeah. Um, but Evan, actually, you're wrong, though, because I did say the episode is flawless and I have to kind of stand by that. I can't <laughs> go back on. My big negative is I think. Simon and Mal should have kissed that episode and it didn't happen, so... Yeah. This is not a, a negative associated with these episodes specifically, but I still hate River. Still hate... Still hate <laughs> that's yeah. not... Like, still not Still not Summer Glau's fault, still extremely Joss Whedon's fault. 
I did notice that some, that uh, the the I don't know who wrote uh, Janestown, but it felt like kind of a Joss Whedon episode. But um, whoever the other guy who is producing this, writing this, wrote uh, Out of Gas, um, mm, which feels okay. right. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon did not write Out of Gas, which like yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm pleased to report everyone that neither Janestown nor Out of Gas was written or directed by Joss Whedon. Oh, thank you. Right. Different writers and different directors. We did, we did it, it everybody. We did, we did it. it yeah. <laughs> we did it, Joe. Neither of the next two. <laughs> we did it, neither Joe. of the next two are written or directed by Joss Whedon either. Oh, I, I don't think I realized that Out of Gas, Ariel, and War Stories are three in a row. But like, damn, those are three. Real bangers. None of which are written or yeah. directed by Shotsby. <laughs> and then what's the next one after that? Trash? Seems to be a oh trend. my god. Four, just four bangers in a row. My I, one I, negative, it, oh, so I was just saying, my one negative is that I know the show ends. And and I, I don't, right now, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Absolutely. That's so. fair. I agree. And this I, is the first time I felt like that. In that's all what has kept me, honestly, from doing, from watching it. <gasps> For so long, because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to get my heart broken. <laughs> it might right? be the mutter's milk Andy's- talking that I drank, but like, I am all <laughs> in on this fucking show. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna it tweet out the, that recipe, right? That- oh yeah, oh yeah. Get yeah. on the Patreon, Ronnie. Trust me, it was not good, but <laughs> I think I, I feel think- like if you put it in a blender, it would really achieve the correct texture. Actually, yes, yes, for sure. If I put like a whole half a banana in there, it would blend it up. It would be good with peanut I- butter. I think to yeah. make it truly a good drink, I could honestly just like make a peanut butter syrup and, and add a little hint of sweetness to it. And that <laughs> would like do what I need it to do in both the t- like the nuttiness, but also a little sweetness, but also that like proteiny kind of thing. Um, but otherwise, it just gets you very drunk is what I'm learning. And it makes you really love Firefly. Um <laughs> There you go. It's doing its job. I got a negative. <laughs> you got a and negative. Got first negative. Yeah. Uh, I've had other negatives. No, I'm. Yeah. I know. I'm. I'm teasing um, you. Wash's flashback. Not strong <gasps> enough. I loved Wash's flashback. The the mustache. The Mal Wash relationship is really complicated and interesting because of the relationship Mal has with Zoe mm. and. Uh, the the entirely platonic relationship Mel has with Zoe, and I think the flashback could have established that a little bit more. Like I feel like the the wash flashback was just to set up the joke of Zoe being like, "I don't like him, and I don't know why." Right. Um, like initial impression. Whereas I think they could have established more about you know, like who Wash is. Nope. I do love his flashback. I love his silly Hawaiian shirt. I love everything else about yeah. the flashback. I just think it could have been uh, like a little more interesting. But then again, the idea that know, it maybe... is not, it is not, is decidedly not love at first sight. And that, that this is a relationship I do like that, that yeah. grew and blossomed during their time on this ship that they were like, they're both on because like, this I is just like where that. they happen to be. That is, that is love, baby. That is, that is exactly the kind of love story I want to see played out. And I'm very glad, much like your feelings on Shepard Book in the comic, I'm very glad that I don't get to see that play out. I'm very mm-hmm. glad that that is all left to to imagination and left to like what I could assume 
actually blossomed between the two of them. I, I do want to say a positive that I forgot to mention is that like this entire episode, we keep hearing this like used car salesman, like trying to sell Mal yes. serenity mm-hmm. and this, this dialogue about serenity and how Serenity's the best ship ever. And then the very last flashback we get is the guy trying to sell Mal a different ship. Mm-hmm. And he is having love at first sight with serenity yes. And his eyes are just locked on this other ship. And the guy's like, dude, are you hearing me talking about this, like, Elon Musk penis-shaped rocket? And Mel's like, no, I only have eyes for Serenity. I think that's great. Yeah. I will say, uh, with what, I mean, the mustache was brought up. Alan Tudyk's mustache was brought up. I am working very (laughs) hard right now to convince my daughter to let me shave my beard and just go mustache. Um, Yes. And she's not having it, but I'm working really hard at it and seeing wash with just a mustache in the Hawaiian. I was like, that is that is the aesthetic that vacation (laughs) dad for is the aesthetic. And I am trying to thread and like it's right here. And all he cares about, he doesn't care about his future hot wife in front of him. All he cares about <laughs> is the knobs and levers in front of him and making sure he looks fresh as hell in his Hawaiian exactly. shirt and his mustache. <laughs> you should cosplay oh, Wash. Hell Robbie. yeah. That's Give fantastic. It Give it to me. Let's let's wrap it here. You know, we've been recording fucking an hour and 35 minutes. Plug your pluggables, gang. Jerry, Scotty, where can people find you? Well, obviously... Um, you can find us really enjoying ourselves every Thursday night in the Bomb Badcast. Uh, it's a live stream show. We've been doing it now for almost four years. Coming up uh, next June, four years and uh, wild. We've been, been we've been flying this this horse shaped ship uh, through space uh, for, yes. for four years now. It's been a good time. Been a good time. It's been a great time, and we're uh, gonna keep this this train going. And uh, you know, if if you're catching this, I don't know when this is gonna air, but I can tell you this much. Uh, we actually had a very a couple of interesting episodes recently. Yeah, where we we interviewed McGruff the Crime Dog. It's a real, a hundred percent real. From we talked about Star Wars PSA and McGruff guy. the Crime yeah. Dog, and he is very clearly a a New Hope fan, and that's the only story he's ever seen. Because <laughs> he referred, oh, he knows Yoda. He knows Yoda. So he brought up Yoda. That's he, about let's it. Let's just say uh, that, I, that the the National Crime wholesome. Prevention uh, Association or whatever did some very good Council. research for notes for him to have little audibles uh, about Star yes, Wars questions. Yes, sure. So I imagine he would be good. very uh, anti Han Solo. No, well, actually, he loved Han. Han. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He loved Han. So it, it was surprising what, what McGruff, who McGruff liked. McGruff identified most with Yoda, which is kind of sure. mind-blowing. But, McGruff uh, also, we'll talk I'm about... going to let all the secrets go if I'm not careful. I was going to say, okay, he right, said some, he said some no, surprising no, shit. One. So... Um, yeah, give him one. What's a nugget? Well, listen, that can I'll give one nugget. And is that that Scotty? I can never. T- I, I've said this before. I can never fucking tell when you're just doing a fucking Scotty. <laughs> bit no, this is hundred like, percent real. We had like, did you find the voice actor for McGruff the Crime Dog and bring him on Bob Badcast? Di- what the fuck are you? What, yes. what does this mean? We had yes. the director. The director <laughs> of this for the National Crime Prevention Study was National, backstage yeah. and everything. Like we had like a crew of people, um, which was interesting. And <laughs> and it, it, it's it's um it's Real. not a bit. The one thing that did surprise me is McGruff did say that he was not uh, able to go see Star Wars directly in 1977 because they didn't the quote 
they didn't allow dogs in movie theaters at the time. <laughs> I was like, was he in character oh, yes. the whole time? It, yes, it, we, we talked, talked to, we McGruff, talked to McGruff. Scruff McGruff. That's who we talked to. Okay, Andy. We so oh. we uh, McGruff McGruff even brought up J six. So it was it was some wild <laughs> shit. Uh, that being this is not a joke. This is all real. <laughs> he brought up January six. <laughs> yes, he talked about yes. How he had to go. He he, he talked to the uh, the police officers that were attacked. On yeah. J six. Yeah. I'm like, man, so McGruff like is in it. Like he's not like a McGruff's you know, the, he's, not he's like, hitting the bricks, man. <laughs> McGruff M- McGruff is yeah. a PI, okay? I'm having a McGruff McGruff, right McGruff <laughs> so, is like Columbo, okay? But if Columbo yes. could smell you from a mile away. It's only just striking me that McGruff is not a cop. Like that obviously no, McGruff's McGruff a is PI. Not he's a PI. A cop, but like Oh my goodness! He's just trying to keep kids McGruff, from getting into for, windowless vans. That's all that McGruff is trying it. to do. For the pending pals, this is Bombad Cast. Like this is what you this, get with yeah, Bombad Cast. And there, <laughs> there is a reason why. Out of all of the guest spots I've done on all of the other shows I've been on, I have been on Bombad Cast more than any show that I don't directly like make. Like they just keep bringing me back because. This is the sort of weird energy you get over there, and yep, I go fully right. off the rails every time they bring well, me on. We love you. We and, love and you we too. We you. we have to every time. We just, Andy Andy's become one of our. They they have become one of our uh, uh, bombad bullpen pinch hitters. I feel like for uh-huh. like <laughs> for like mm-hmm. if like one of us is out or something like oh uh, uh, Andy is on the list. They're on the list that we can like go like oh well, let's have Andy come in and co- and co-host like Andy's I, yeah, I'm a with me a couple of times. I, I'm a, I'm an That's easy right. date. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. it's very good using a sports <laughs> reference to refer to Andy. That is that good. Yeah. good shit. <laughs> listen, listen. So I I know that's call the only sports terms I in. know. There you go, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the writers bullpen. So that being said. We do, uh, we do have McGruff the Crime Dog coming yes. on, and in the fall week we're covering uh, Star Wars Visions, which is the uh, yes. short series of animated uh, animated episodes that are going to premiere on May the fourth. And uh, we are also for the month of June. We haven't said this yet anywhere, but we're going to be covering Indiana Jones leading Ooh. up. To hey. So and if you know that me is and Scotty, you know we have opinions on covering Temple of Doom. Oh. That's a whole yep. uh, monkey brain full of worms. That's what Temple of it Doom is. is. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you on, Andy, because that, that'll be a fun one. I don't one. think I want to come on for that. <laughs> Temple of Doom is going to be a fever dream. Uh, I don't like that one. my opinions on that movie. Same. That's going to be tough I don't to like, talk about. I don't like that canceled. one. <laughs> I don't like that one. But uh, anyway, we've been very fortunate to have yes. you. Uh, I'm sorry, to have the opportunity to be on this show with all of you. This has been a blast. Yes. Like, through and through. I, I, I did you. not realize how much I'd love this show, but also being a part of this. So if y'all do end up covering the movie, I will gladly watch in tandem with all of you. And then to the build up, if you wanted to cover it again or do more coverage of the show, including us, I know I'm more than willing to come back on because this is really fun. Like same, same here. Also great. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, It is an ending pending curse that often the shows that we cover do somehow get a second season. And I am just like, (laughs) I am looking to break break nerd culture in half by like this is what does it. We will certainly have you back when that happens. Absolutely, perfect. Hell yeah! I, I got perfect. permission from uh, Evan and Ronnie to book guests for this, mm-hmm. uh, and as we approach two hundred, 
I'm just reaching out to all of my all of my pals and being like, hey, can you come celebrate with us? So it wow. means a lot that y'all were able to make it. And it. Uh, thanks so much for giving us fucking two hours of your lives and uh, the three hours it took to watch these episodes. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Worth it. Uh, as Andy it's said, it's been a pleasure time. to meet you guys. Thanks for being on our Salute yes, Show. This, it has been very, I've, I've edited it's, uh, both of y'all on Force Friends Rewatch, I believe. Uh, and so I feel like I've, I've oh, I know yes. it. And I've, seen, and I've, of course, watched lots of bomb ca- bad casts and, and, and seen lots of, uh, lots of streams. But, um, but, but it is, it is a joy to actually uh, complete the circle of this uh, parasocial oh, relationship. Absolutely. Um, it's so it's so good to finally. Yeah. Yeah. Be uh, on mic with both of you. You know, I mean, Andy, yes. too. But we talk to Andy all the time. So, yeah, all the time. Old hat. Uh, as Andy said at the top of the episode is it is it is where they may may or we're real bad at this whole like recording ahead of time thing. Uh, yeah. Either where it is either in the the end of where they may may and you have just enjoyed all of the good, good content or where they may may has just ended. And guess what? A lot of that content that we put out for, on Patreon, we made free to everyone who wants to listen because it's where they may may. And that's that's what we do. So check out uh, patreon.com slash WTM radio. Check out where they made dot com uh, for links to all of our merch, all of our Patreon, all of our good, good shows like Good Neighbors, like uh, Force Friends Rewatch, like Fan Fiction is Good, actually. Uh, and, and lots of secret shows that you can only access through the Patreon, like... Uh, Swifty Tilting Planet, uh, a podcast about Taylor Swift, and uh, a, a song song rhymes, a podcast that breaks down uh, episodes or not episodes songs of Stephen Sondheim, um, which is a podcast that here in linear time I have not recorded a single episode of, but uh, <laughs> by the time that this episode has come out, I feel like there will be several. I feel like there will be several because I've had enough <laughs> mutter's milk and I've still got a microphone up in front of me and so we're just going to keep this, keep the night a-rolling. Uh, keep right. that energy strong, Ronnie. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, anything else we want to add, folks? Nope. Oh, nope. I guess Thanks the only thing happen. to add is that we are never doing Firefly. Except we are. Except we are. Except, never, except if, that after this, we're not. But if you're doing Firefly <laughs> and I'm doing Firefly, who's serving cunt? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jane. That's how you stay bomb. Jane's, bad. Jane's, <laughs> serving, you stay bomb bad. Jane, Jane's <laughs> serving all the cunt. All of it. <laughs> that's that's <a> t-shirt. <laughs> With him and his silly hat. I'm gonna stop recording. Oh, yeah. Where they may radio.